Welcome back to another episode of Witch Bitch Show Podcast. If you are new here, welcome. I'm your host, Kristen. You can call me witch or you can call me bitch. It really doesn't matter. Just put some respect on that shit. Now, I do have a slight disclaimer, and this will help you decide whether you stay or whether you go. If you are easily offended or faint of heart, bitch, I'm not meant for you. I'm not your reader, your guide, your interpreter, your numerologist, your astrologer, your mentor, your medium, baby. I cannot help you with where you are at on your journey today. That doesn't mean it cannot change and it will not change. I'm okay with that. You have to be. Let me tell you. Hello, hello. I hope you guys had an amazing last few weeks. Uh, We didn't have an episode last week. I'm always and constantly going to tell you guys I live the most authentic version of myself. And if that is me not posting an episode for a week, that's me not posting an episode for a week. Did I record an episode and take notes for it? Absolutely. However, the universe did not want it to upload and I was not going to force it. Um, it's, it was like, I, I, it was like a three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine take. And I was really, really forcing it. And I was like, the universe is trying to tell me something. So I have like 10 minutes of the episode recorded. And then I was like, you know what? I'm listening universe. I hear you. So I hope you guys were able to navigate your last week. Um, as well as I was, um, a few challenges, but we love a good challenge. Very eye opening. Um, I've been practicing a lot of gratitude as of late. Not that I don't always practice gratitude, but since I am starting to reread the magic, it's part of the book club, uh, for the server. If you're not in the server, shameless plug, make sure you join the server. Uh, the link will be in the description box. Uh, also, also thank you guys for everybody that donated uh, to the podcast it is much 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 appreciated um i got a lot of feedback on um week 13's episode and it showed based off of the donation so thank you guys so much if you did want to continue to donate to this podcast or which bitch to row in general you can head over to my website, witchbitchtarot.com, and you can make your donation there. Um, it is very much appreciated. Uh, this week, we're obviously going to get into the astrological events that are taking place, the transits and aspects. This week's going to be juicy. Um, and you're going to feel how juicy it is depending on all of the prep work that you did for the last few months, okay? And we'll get into that. We'll go over the crystal of the week, which is blue lace agate. <laughs> Um, also since, you know, this is March and we're going to be talking about, um, religion and different and various practices when it comes to our individual practice, um, in honor of God's son, we will be talking (laughs) a little bit about Easter, the Holy week, um, And we're going to get into the Last Supper photo and break it down what it means astrologically. We also have an archetype today. We're not doing a tarot card this week. We're going to do an archetype this week. Um, So buckle up, bitch. 
So this week, when we're talking about the cosmos, it's going to be a pretty laid back week, very chill, gentle, um, filled with hella good vibes. Um, You'll feel like you're ready to jump into the thick of things with enthusiasm and confidence to start the week. Um, And it's supported by Tuesday's powerful trine between Venus and Pluto, making it excellent uh, for networking and forging new contacts. On the same day, this is going to start happening on Tuesday. On the same day, Venus is going to enter into Gemini and... um, it's going to bring an auspicious period for written invertible communications through, I'd, I'd say like May 7th or 8th. So you'll need to have the ability to come up with sudden solutions to deal with unforeseen changes. Okay. So this will also prompt us to um, be flexible more on Wednesday. So when I'm saying that Tuesday, Venus is going to try and Pluto, um, It's a harmonious aspect between the planet of love, beauty, and pleasure, and the planet of transformation, power, and intensity. And we know that Pluto is in Aquarius right now. Um, It's time to deepen our emotional connections and dig deeper into those more intimate relationships. So you could even experience uh, an increased attraction to somebody, or you may find that existing relationships will deepen and become more meaningful. You can also experience a greater sense of passion and intensity in your romantic relationships. Uh, This also indicates, though, it is a time of increased creativity and artistic expression, I guess you could say. Um, And it's going to give you this opportunity of financial gain and material success. So it's very important that you focus on your personal growth as well as building those strong supportive relationships with others so overall this is a positive aspect and it's going to bring um transformational experiences and positive change to so many areas in your life but again it is all depending upon you and then when we're talking about we we already know that venus is the planet of love, beauty, pleasure, even finances, right? Like Venus doesn't get enough credit for her financial pool that she has. Um, When it enters into Gemini, we know that Gemini is lighthearted, fun-loving, love-exploring, new ideas and experience. Um, A lot of people think that the Geminis are the two-faced, right? The twins. But when we actually dig into the constellation and we dig into that sign, um, it's not that they're two-faced. It's just that you don't understand their, I want to say neutrality with their thought process. Okay. So, um, under this influence with with Venus entering Gemini, um, you may find yourself seeking, again, those social interactions and communications with other. And um, you're going to want to express yourself even deeper than you normally would or um, in a quirky, fun way that brings you pleasure. Um, This transit also focuses on the intellectual pursuits and learnings as well as you know the varieties 
and the diversities in relationships and in the things that you're learning. Um, so you could see yourself having deeper conversations with people that are clever or that just stimulate you intellectually, period. Um, it's going to force you to see things different and experiment with different types and forms of communication or relationship styles. It's like, it's like that bitch that you never thought you would fuck with. You're like, girl, I'm fucking with you today because it started like you're making a little bit of sense. <laughs> okay. Um, so there's that. So that's like, that's the energy of like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday ish. Yeah. Um, but remember to remain flexible. Um, on Thursday, if you try to do everything on your own, you will fall under the pressure. Like you will crack and it will feel as if it is a burden to you. Um, and it would be much better to deal with things as a team. So Thursday, um, think of more team oriented energy. Ask for fucking help. Okay. Ask for help. And on Thursday, we have that fourth quarter moon. Um, so finish, finishing up your projects or finishing up, um, anything that is, um, that you've been working on or that you've been putting a pin in it. Um, and this is going to, um, the reason why we're saying this is because we see the sun that is conjunct Jupiter and it's both in Aries. Okay. And again, like this energy is going to kind of trickle through third, through Thursday, through, uh, Tuesday through Thursday. So again, we know that the sun represents, um, our identity, our vitality, life force, while Jupiter represents expansion, abundance, and good fortune. This week is all about abundance, financial abundance. Even we could say, especially with those transits with Venus, um, and we know that Aries is bold, ambitious, action-oriented. Um, so we could feel a boost in confidence and enthusiasm to pursue our goals and our aspirations. However, with the supporting aspects, we need to be willing to ask for help, especially with the moon entering into Aquarius on Thursday. Um, it's important to be mindful, though. For your potential to be overconfident and impulsive. That's that other side of Aries. Like, yeah, Aries is that go-getter. Like, let's fuck it up. Eh, mm, ah, right? But with the supporting aspects and the supporting transits, um, pipe down, you know, humble down, baby. Um, it, there is a potential for that overconfidence. And it, it could make you look like a dick, make you look like an asshole so um j just relax relax baby um uh, the weekend's pretty chill uh saturday sunday is pretty chill um sunday we have orthodox easter um so then we also have on sunday sunday is a great day for um kind of staying in doing that prep work that meditative work even i guess you could say to better uh align with you to the week to come and that is after the moon squares venus until the moon enters into aries on monday um 
So the moon in Pisces, it, that, that is why I'm telling you this. Okay, so the moon in Pisces squares the Venus in Gemini. Um, and this could bring about some tension between your emotional needs and your desires or your pleasures, uh, especially when it comes to the social interactions and that intellectual stimulation that we talked about. And this is why uh, I'm telling you, like, you know, humble down a little bit toward the end of the week, um, because it's almost like you're getting going to get intoxicated or get addicted to these intellectual conversations because of that extra boost of energy. And you could fucking overstimulate yourself. So that's what I'm telling you, like, calm down. It's okay, baby. Um, so the moon, we know when the moon is in Pisces, it represents our emotions, well, obviously, like the moon represents our emotions, but when it's in Pisces, um, our emotions, our intuitions, our innermost desires, um, they become a little bit more sensitive. Um, and we could even feel more emotional or even more dreamy, romantic, potentially even delusional. Um, when these and then Venus and Gemini, we just talked about, but when these two energies clash, um, we could feel torn between our desires for emotional connection and our need for variety and excitement. Okay. Uh, we may struggle to find balance between our head and our heart. That's why I'm telling your ass, take some time, step back, do that introspective work. I'm not talking about like, so you don't need to do no heavy ass, deep ass shadow work unless you do. But, you know, take that time to do that self-reflecting and reflect on what the fuck is going on and why you're feeling this way. Um, it can also like this aspect, if we don't address it, um, it, it can bring up issues related to communications and misunderstandings, especially in relationships, especially when we're talking about having those intellectual conversations. And it's going to come about because we're going to have that difficulty um, excuse me, because of that transit with our emotions and it could lead to frustration. Okay. Just be mindful of how you need to communicate, what you need to communicate, being clear, um, speaking honestly and taking again, time to reflect on why these, conversations stimulated you so or even overstimulated you and maybe it's something that you need to implement on a daily so you're not fucking drowning yourself with this with the need for this stimulation okay um again the weekend is pretty chill um I would say the major astrological event this week, if I had to pick one, would be the um, sun conjuncting Jupiter and Aries on Tuesday. Um, everybody will be ver versting, versting. Everybody will be bursting with confidence um, and have like a little pizzazz, like a little sass in their walk, you know? Um, take a chance on the road less traveled, okay? Um, overall, to get through the week, pull your resources with others at work. Um, it'll, it'll make it easier to finish. That's what she said. And also take the time to reflect on your emotions and your emotional connections and relationships.
This week's crystal is blue lace agate or agate, however you like it seasoned. <laughs> uh, blue lace agate is a type of agate that has blue and white banding patterns throughout it. Um, an agate is a name given to a variety of banded chalcedonies which is a mineral from the quartz family. Um, blue lace agate is usually on the rarer side of stones, um, causing it to be one of the most expensive stones or more expensive than other stones. Uh, some specimens in particular have a coating of tiny druzy crystals within or on top of the banding formation. This stone can be found throughout Africa and recently had localities discovered in Eastern Europe. Let me tell you a story before we get into the meanings and energy. Um, once upon a time, there was this girl that gave me, uh, that showed me a baseball size of blue lace agate. I think she said she spent like $20 on it. And I said, girl, you got got. It ensued upon a um, riot. <laughs> Not a riot, but um, it ensued uh, a very interesting conversation. Uh, this is why I tell everybody do your research when it comes to not just the crystal that you are purchasing but also uh the vendor or the source that you are getting your crystals from you already know shameless plug crystal pisces studio make sure you head over there to see everything that she has to offer she does tumble tuesdays you buy two get one free and then she also has her live shows that she does auction style which is very exciting, might I add. I had some wine and popcorn the last time. Uh, every Thursday on Instagram. Okay. Um, this is why I tell you guys, be aware of who you are attaining your crystals from. Um, I have attained a piece of blue lace agate that is smaller than a dime. And I, I, I paid probably like $15, $20 for it. It's smaller than a dime, okay? And um, it came from a trusted source. And um, this is amongst me doing my research and knowing what to look for. Um, so I will say that. Do your research. If, so, if you get a, a nice ass piece of blue lace agate and you're not paying a pretty penny for it, it's probably not blue lace agate. <laughs> uh, thank you for going to my story time. Uh, now continuing, um, meaning and energy. So blue lace agate is all about communication skills and how to make your voice heard. Our throat chakra becomes activated and our voice immediately becomes stronger with working or carrying with this stone. So, uh, ring 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 sound the alarm this is great for your throat chakra um it's also it renews your confidence especially when it comes to speaking and speaking the truths um 
without using harmful tones so it also like assists you with kind of calming and not being so anxious you know how sometimes when you're a little bit scared or you're uncertain about what you're saying even well, not uncertain you know what you want to say but you're not sure how somebody's going to take it and sometimes you get the little shakiness on your voice and you're like yeah bitch but i'm gonna say what i gotta say nah take some blue lace agate with you baby <laughs> um you won't get overwhelmed with your emotions, especially when we're um, discussing like difficult subjects. Uh, it also helps us align with our intuition. So intuitively, we'll be given the right words to say, to articulate what it is that we are trying to get across. Um, aside from aiding in confrontation and uncomfortable situations, um, this uh, the confident boosting properties blue lace agate provides is perfect for job interviews public speaking or and or even any type of therapy session um along with communication it's a great manifestation tool especially when we're talking about uh bringing toward us with confidence um it's a perfect tool to assist in what it is that you truly want clearly well communicating what you truly want clearly uh great stone i love pairing my little piece of um blue lace agate i love pairing it with chrysocolla and some of the suggestions on um the website that i use um were aquamarine chrysocolla lapis lazuli and rose quartz um obviously like if you're going to be talking about things in reference to relationships and you're trying or like in a relationship we would want to pair that with the rose quartz right um because it's attached to love when we're talking um even about lapis bringing toward us that's what i would pair it with aquamarine chrysocolla like when we're talking about grounding um blue lace agate can also i've experienced this because it's so soothing and so calming like it can almost put you like not in a trance but like a trance okay um i have some affirmations to go with this blue lace agate um i show up for life calm and present today when i feel stress coming on oh wait hold on that was just one um, today, when you feel stress coming on or when you're using this and you feel stress coming on, clench your fist up in a ball, inhale deeply and release both your breath in your fist. Repeat this three times. So when we are, um, oh, wait, I missed this whole section over here of my notes. Oh, okay. So before I get to the core questions, let me go back. Pretend like this is like three minutes ago, okay? Just pretend. So some of the properties are soothing, communication, clarity, confidence, truth, trust, inner peace, and relaxation. Uh, it represents, it is representatory of the planet Mercury, the zodiac sign Pisces and Gemini. It is of the element water. Um... The colors are blue, light blue, white. It is of the sacred number five, which we know is about change, right? It's about upheaval and change. Um, and then on the hardness scale, it ranges from a five to seven. Okay, fast forward. So some core questions to ask yourself when working with blue lace agate um, or around working with blue lace agate. When are you most relaxed? 
How can you de-escalate feelings of stress or anxiety? And what brings you calmness? I like had a struggle a little bit because I didn't know if I want to do the archetype or talk about the Holy Week, the Last Supper, all of that jazz. Um, Jesus won. So <laughs> Jesus won. Um, so we're going to do that and then we'll get into the archetype of the week. Um, let me say this. Uh, you know, everybody's always like, don't talk religion, don't talk politics. Here's the thing. Um, I really don't give a fuck. I really don't give a fuck as long as we can have an open conversation and we're not yelling and we're not screaming and you know you are open to hear what I have to say as I am always going to be open to hear what you have to say uh, as long as we are not uh, showing disrespect to each other and we are acting kindly of each other um, these are all everybody's opinions and opinions are like assholes everybody has one and you can't discredit their opinion because you don't like it um so if um if you don't want to hear about it fast forward it but you know this is witch bitch tarot and i run the fucking show okay <laughs> so I, I just wanted to i just wanted to put that out there you guys already heard the disclaimer if you fast forward it through it then go back to the first one minute of this damn podcast and listen to the disclaimer you know what i'm gonna say it again just in case because y'all i know y'all be fast forwarding through them ads every now and again because i do that shit too if you are easily offended or faint of heart i am not for you okay now let's get into this shit anyway <laughs> anyway um the topic of conversation for today is going to be the painting of the last supper by leonardo da vinci there has been so many i guess you could say easter eggs <laughs> sorry <laughs> i was like i'm gonna say that anyway there's so many different um meanings and there's so many different um things in this picture painting by leonardo da vinci even in the da vinci code they like break it down there's so many historians that are still discovering and aligning with things today that are taking place or that are in not taking place that are in this painting by leonardo da vinci today we're going to emphasize on the zodiac map of the last supper and uh if you have had this discussion with me in the past um i'd be blowing the fuck out of people's minds and uh yeah but let's let's give some background to see what's really up right so we have the holy week we know palm sunday is when jesus is like what up i have arrived baby it's like his grand entrance right um thursday we have the last supper which we will be talking about today um it's the thursday before easter which commemorates the last supper um which jude judas which jesus shared with his disciples the night before his crucifixion 
okay then we have good friday i don't know why they call it good friday but you know to each their own everybody you know gives bad names and things so a lot of people didn't don't know what good friday is um i actually just had a whole conversation with somebody about it and they were like what the fuck and i was like yeah boy like they was wilding out here back back in the day when jesus nazareth and them and they did my man so wrong but you know that's what they, this is just the story you know this is what we're reading what they've told us the bible's been edited hell anyway um good friday right commemorates the crucifixion of jesus christ in his death at calvary calvary was the mountain right um uh you know you're not supposed to talk on good friday apparently i didn't know that uh, many christians also fast and abstain from eating meat as a form of penance and to remember Jesus' sacrifice. Um, but, like, this is also my thing. This is why I'm like, why the fuck is Easter on a Sunday? And, y'all, I've told the story. I don't know what episode's in. I've told the story. We can talk about it in the server. Shoot me an email. Whatever. Maybe I'll tell the story again. Um, but this is why, like, when we used to do, like, the Easter plays and we would go to church, that lady, I can never remember her name all the way. My mom knows her name because we talked about it the last episode that we did for Easter because my mom was on that episode. And she would kick me out of uh, Sunday school and she would kick me out of the Easter play. I remember that one year. My grandma was so hurt that <laughs> I got kicked out of the Easter play. Because, uh, you know, we question everything. I've always questioned everything since I was a child. But this is it. It's still, you know, I'm behoothed. Right. If Jesus was crucified on Friday, he died on the cross on Friday. And then he rose three days later. So he died on Friday. So then when, okay, day one, Saturday. Day two, Sunday. Day three, Monday. Or maybe I don't know how to count. And I remember I asked that one day and the the old lady was like, girl, just read the damn thing. And I was just like, oh my God, I thought you're not supposed to cuss in church, but oh well. Um, so that's one thing that like, I never really understood. We won't even get into Christmas. Like that's for another day, another day, whatever. Um, but yeah, good for, I actually recently just learned like, what them folks did to Jesus, you know, cause I, I like educating myself in all realms of everything, you know, cause I like having intellectual conversations and you can't have intellectual conversations if you're not educated or have an understanding of something. So recently, well, not recently, probably like on Friday or Saturday, I like went and like looked up like Good Friday and like read through some context of, uh, you know, what happened on Good Friday. And I was like, damn, like they did my man bad. Like <laughs> they did him dirty. Um, one of the things that I actually just found out is like, um, what they say? Like when he was like, oh, like, please just give me some water, please. And the guy was like, here you go. Here goes some sour wine in the sponge. Okay. So back then, like, you know, they didn't have sewer. They didn't have plumbings or whatever. So legit, they would just shit in a box and keep it moving. Right? Like, you know, bathroom level one. Or maybe like level three. I don't know. Anyway. 
And when they would wipe their ass instead of using like toilet paper or flushable toilet wipes, they would use sponges soaked in sour wine. Like that's how they would wipe their asses. So me reading, I'm like, wait a minute. Did they just give Jesus water or sour wine from the same sponge that they wiped their asses with? Like they were so mean to my dude. Like they were anyway. I was just thinking about that. Um, I did some research and I was just like, damn, bro. And then it also made me believe, like, why they be telling us, like, you know, Jesus died for our sins and, you know, you're going to go to hell. And I'm like, I'm going to go to hell for to dance with the person that got sent out of heaven for doing the exact. Anyway, so back to the Last Supper. Y'all know, y'all know when we get into an off topic. So back to the Last Supper. So that happened on Thursday, right? And in the picture, y'all can pull up the picture of the Last Supper. Um, one thing I want you to take note to is that each one of the 12 disciples are, they're split into four groups. Okay. And we see that they're not only sectioned off by the table legs, but they're also sectioned off like by space, like between them. Um, and it is said that they represent the Zodiac signs, which makes sense, especially when we go in to each disciple and who and how, um, they operate or communicated with Jesus. Um, there's also a few hidden things in the last supper. And this is why people to this day are still studying this painting because it is so riveting. Um, so we know that the last supper is a very popular religious scene painted, um, and celebrated by many artists. Um, but Leonardo da Vinci, uh, painted the first one. So Leonardo, the first one is Leonardo da Vinci did not put a halo on Jesus. Many art historians believe that Leonardo da Vinci believed in nature, not God to Leonardo. Nature is God or was God. And he treated every character, um, as so, right? Um, as common person. Um, then we also have, um, spilled salt on the table for my witches. Y'all already know. So, um, The meaning of spilled salt, and it's near Judas's elbow. Spilled salt symbolizes bad luck, loss, religion, um, or Jesus as salt, right? And we know that Judas betrayed Jesus. So you already know, like when we spill salt, you throw it over your shoulder, right? Um, so then there's also the eel and the herring or herring. They don't know if it's eel or herring. Um, but scholars have also remarked on da Vinci's choice of food that despite whether the fish on the table is herring or eel, since each carries its own symbolic meaning, um, in Italian, the word for eel is argon, argon, argonia, mm. the similar word argina, mm. meaning indoctrinate. 
the northern italian dialect the word herring is regna which describes someone who denies religion uh this would fit with jesus's biblical prediction that his apostle peter would deny him three times Mm. um da vinci also used a hammer and nail um and hammer and nail to help him to achieve a one point perspective so that's why when you look at the picture from either way it gives you the illusion that you know it's all the same perspective right um there's also um it is also known that there are three earlier copies that exist so the one that we see and that is displayed is the fourth copy okay okay um it is also said um according to italian musician um there are musical notes in the last supper and it creates a 40 second melody um from each note that is hidden within the scene (sighs) my goodness so another thing i always find this so i always forget that i i always forget that this is different or hits different for me because every time you go and look at the seating chart for the last supper like nobody knows the exact seating like some have peter first from left to right some have bartholomew i'm gonna go with the one that i normally look at that makes most sense to me with my understanding do what the fuck you want so not only is each person at the or each um three sets of people separated by the legs of the table and the space uh, but they're separated into the seasons if you're looking at the picture of the last supper we have spring because we know that aries is actually or spring equinox is actually the beginning of the year um we uh adapted the gregarian calendar much later than this so aries was actually the beginning of the year of the equinox that's why easter moves also um every year if you didn't know that because it is the first sunday after the new moon so depending on the equinox that's why um not the first sunday sorry anyway 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 um so we have in the spring aries taurus gemini peter andrew james the greater for spring we have cancer leo virgo Uh, excuse me for summer we have cancer leo virgo um john philip bartholomew okay so bartholomew and peter and john they be switching up so nobody really knows but we all know that bartholomew is mary that's the one bartholomew is mary in this scenario then we have the sun jesus that's sitting in the middle the sun the sun okay Mm -hmm. um then in the fall we have scorpio leo sagittarius um excuse me scorpio libra sagittarius um 
which is Matthew, James, the lesser, then Thaddeus. Then we have Winter, Simon, Judas, and Thomas, Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces. Okay. Okay. Follow me. So Peter represents Aries, right? He is seen as the leader of the apostles and represents the sign of Aries, which is associated with assertiveness, courage, and leadership. Andrew, he represents the sign of Taurus, which is associated with practicality, stability, and perseverance. James the Greater, he represents the sign of Gemini, which is associated with communication, intellectual curiosity, and adaptability. John, he represents cancer, which is associated with emotions, nurturing, and sensitivity. Because that nigga was sensitive, right? Like, he was singing his, talking his shit in his book. Anyway, then we have Philip, represents the sign of Leo, which is associated with creativity, self-expression, also leadership. Then we got Bartholomew Peter slash John, because nobody knew. Who is that? It's neither. It's fucking Mary. Mary, during this time, Virgo was the only constellation that was recognized as feminine, right? Um, he, uh, he slash she, we'll say they, they represent Virgo, which is associated with analytical thinking, attention to detail, practicality, and fertility, then we have the Holy Trinity. Like if you're looking at, you know, it says it is the womb. That is the only tri other um, notable triangle in the entirety of the painting that makes like a perfect triangle. Like even when we're seeing between um, Sagittarius and Capricorn, who is that? Thaddeus and Simon, it still does not uh, form a perfect triangle triangle so the only one that performs a perfect triangle or the holy trinity is between jesus and mary or thaddeus i mean or B bartholomew or peter or john whoever knows that's the question and then also like if you've seen the da vinci code when you swap them hoes like they're hugging each other so cute um where are we at then we got jesus then we got jesus then we have Matthew, who represents the sign Libra, which is associated with harmony, diplomacy, and balance. Think about Matthew when he was talking that shit, okay, in the Bible. Um, then we have James the Lesser. He represents the sign of Scorpio, which is associated with transformation, secrecy, and intensity. We then have Thaddeus. He represents the sign of Sagittarius, which is associated with exploration and philosophy and optimism. Simon represents Capricorn, which is associated with discipline and ambition and responsibility. Because Simon was with the shits. I don't know if y'all know the Bible, but Simon was with the shits. And he was like, all right, bitch. <laughs> Uh, all right, bitch. <laughs> then we have Judas, which represents Aquarius, associated with rebellion, individuality, and detachment. 
Judas betrayed Jesus, or did he? Or did he? I, this is just my, uh, this is just me thinking. I don't, let's not, let's not. We're already 20 minutes into this statement. Let's not, let's not. And then we have Thomas, who represents Pisces, which is associated with spirituality, compassion, and imagination. And remember, homeboy was like, yo, why the fuck ain't y'all listening? Like, why we gotta sit here and argue about this dumbass shit when we know that this motherfucker is that motherfucker, right? Talk about Jesus. Um, But that is um, the Zodiac map when we talk about the last supper um even when you are looking at the picture each one of the each one of the members of this supper um they even their postures their stance even their the way that they're communicating in the picture it is definitely accurate to each sign of the zodiac um even when we're talking about um homeboy the scorpio man what's his name y'all know i don't know these people's name i gotta go back on my list james he's behind the libra and he's like what you talking about i got something to tell you jesus but also, like, I was always like, why is that man trying to talk to Jesus? And why is Libra being like, yo, you can't talk to Jesus right now? And he's like, bro, we're at the same table. Why can't I talk to homie? Then the Sagittarius is back there. It's like, yo, I'm from New York. Let me talk to Jesus. And the Capricorn is like, yo, what the fuck, bro? And then we got old ugly ass Judas that's like, listen to me. Anyway. <laughs> anyway let's just just a little bit i gotta we're just gonna go i'm not even gonna wrap i don't have anything to wrap this segment up with we're just gonna go to the next one okay so our card of the week is coming from the Wild Unknowns Archetypes deck by Kim Cranes. You know she's a goddess in my eyes. I never uh, interpret her um, oracle decks on my own because everything that she writes is so elegantly put. Um, I consider her to be up there with the ether. That's just my opinion. Anyway... To follow this theme of five, I don't know. Today we got a lot of fives, but um, this week, so maybe there's going to be a lot of change this week. Anyway, um, we have the fifth card in this deck, and it is the orphan, the wounded child, the abandoned, the abandoned, the beggar. To study the orphan is to study the deep, challenging energy of our time. We are ever more connected, yet face collective isolation. The refugee crisis haunts our planet. Children are separated from their parents and the earth begs for our attention. We are in a time of universal orphanage, of nature, of each other, of our own hearts. Take refuge in the fact that we all share the same core wounds and dilemma. 
It is normal to fear this card as it haunts the caverns of the soul. When it appears, take time, real time, to be in the presence of the feelings in the card, the feelings this card stirs in you. Let it humble you. What are you starving for? What is the deepest gift you could imagine giving to others? What has been rejected is quite possibly what is most needed, dear one. Access this archetype through creative acts like drawing, painting, or writing. Keep it simple. Ask the orphan what it wants to draw, say, or make. Tenderness beyond tenderness is required. Imagine holding yourself in your hands to recognize that each one of us fear rejection and isolation is to take one step toward the orphan. More kindness always. When in light, deep solace, deep acceptance, deep love. When in dark, distance, hates and avoids, controlling, limiting. To go deeper, check out Mary Oliver's The Kitten. Again, this card is The Orphan. I will post this on my Instagram. Which page is which? Thank you guys so much for joining. Um, I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. I am thankful for you. I couldn't do this without you and I wouldn't want to. Make sure you head over to witchbitchtorow.com so you can see everything that I have to offer. Okay. Um, be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Be honest with yourself. Fall in love with yourself. Be expressive with yourself. Okay. I think I'm going to leave it at that. As you know, hoes will be hoes. Bitches will be bitches. But you never really know when it comes to witches. Which bitch is which? And no, <laughs> I do not sell owls, so stop asking.